Hello everybody, welcome back to Straight Outta Cloyne, with me, your host, of course, Dylan Tarl Reeve. I feel like I never do that intro anymore, but that's twice this week that I've done it, um, because obviously on Monday I had the Glazers Out episode, and look, I know a lot of people on here don't really like football, and I try to limit talking about football on here, not because I don't love it, but just that sometimes football can get stressful. And as much as I love it, I do like to focus on other things too. It's Football is very much a hobby. The stuff I talk about on here are things that I'm passionate about actually being involved in. And football is something that I very much enjoy being a fan of. Uh, if you watch my streams over on YouTube, you'll see, like even with FIFA, I get very into it. So that's all great there. But here on Straight Outta Cline, we try and limit the football talk. But it was just an episode that I had to get out. Originally, this episode was going to be on that Day, but I decided to switch it up just because a lot of the questions I was getting asked were to do with football and I didn't want to make this a football Q&A for obvious reasons but anyway it is another Q&A episode uh, obviously I think I teased having a guest on here last week uh, we did have some conversations with the potential guest uh, just a few things came up lads I had a bit of a stressful week uh, the person I was talking to had a bit of a busy week so we will rearrange that for another time uh, so don't you worry about that. Originally it was supposed to be last week, but look, life gets in the way sometimes. It's all good. We move on, we move forward, and we move together forever. But anyways, that got very deep. Uh, this is a Q&A episode. I did put a uh, sticker over on uh, Instagram with a question box that people could ask questions in. Uh, I'm actually recording this very, 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 very early, so hopefully I can get a couple of days recording out of this, which would be great, um, because it just gives me more time to prepare for it, but this is the first instalment of the recording of this episode, and without further ado, let's get into it. We've got a great question here from James uh, for the opening question of the episode, which is, what is the best match you've refereed so far? Very, very good question. Uh, James the best match I've refereed so far now there's been a lot of great ones I think uh, recently at the Kino um, for Phoenix Wrestling's anniversary show bloody hell that gauntlet match was hard to keep up with it was an absolute nightmare but I loved every second of it so that will always hold a special place in my heart getting to referee the tag team title match between the saviors of destiny and um, one night stand that was a really special moment to get to referee such a big match for championship titles that was really like that that was a dream come true being involved in a championship match in wrestling it was crazy and it was a great match really loved it uh, lj cleary was very unprofessional by uh, for taking me out during the match so that kind of soured it a little bit for me there i'd expect better from lj you know i thought he was thought he was more professional than that but listen people surprise you but if i had to say the number one match i've refereed was probably Dino Power versus Sean Don at Fuck Your Super Kicks, I Have a Horse Outside, which is still the best ever name for a wrestling show, period. That was a really, really great match. I was really, really proud to have been involved in that one. Um, I think another great one was the tag team match between Billy Bedlam and the Skull Collector. Um, first is... First is? Versus. I just separated a word there by making it two words. That was weird. But what was I just saying? Billy Bedlam and the Skull Collector versus Steve Savage and Nobody. 
But it wasn't Steve Savage teaming up with John Cena. It was Steve Savage teaming up with a wrestler named Nobody, who we've not seen since, which is interesting. But that was a really great match. Like, yeah, because the first Phoenix show that I refereed, I refereed every single match. So, like, every match that night was great. But I still think the number one match I would pick is Sean Don versus Dino Power. Excuse me. Uh, that, that was a really fun match to referee. That was one of those where it was like, if I was a fan in the audience... It would have been my favorite match of that night. Uh, so yeah, it was it, that was a really special moment to be a part of because you know, Dean's one of my good friends. Sean is someone who uh, I have a lot of respect for and who recently, anytime I've been at a Phoenix show, has always been really, really uh, kind to me and really good to me. He's, uh, he's a really, really good guy and a really talented wrestler and very underrated wrestler, I think, Sean. Uh, he's got a great character. I think that um, it's great to see someone embrace the Irish heritage and, and you know, make that kind of part of who they are in the wrestling ring. That's really, really cool. So I would say that so far is the best match I've refereed. And we move swiftly on into another wrestling question here from Tommy, who says, If you could swap three WWE stars with three UFC stars, who would be the ones you would choose and why? That is a very, very good question. Everyone knows I'm a huge wrestling fan and I'm a huge MMA fan. Just a huge fan of all things combat. And I love nothing more than when they cross over. Be it a wrestler going to MMA or a mixed martial artist coming to wrestling. I think that it's always intriguing to see how how they'll do. We've seen mixed results. We've seen people like Brock Lesnar go over to the UFC and become UFC heavyweight champion and completely, you know, revolutionize the sport and the organization of the UFC. And we've also seen CM Punk go over to the UFC and not exactly take the world by storm. Uh, on the flip side of that, we've seen people like Ronda Rousey go from UFC to WWE and transition like no tomorrow. And we've also seen people like Junior DeSantos have a match in AEW where he looked unbelievably green, didn't look like he knew what he was doing, and it ended up being a little bit of a disaster. But we have seen so many great successes from, from both people swapping. There are two industries that have this stupid rivalry. Uh, I'll never understand why there's such a hatred between, you know, wrestling and mixed martial arts. Not all the time, but it's, I think it's a vocal minority, but it's definitely there, and it is very annoying. But if we're specifically, uh, specifically talking about modern wrestlers in WWE and modern fighters in the UFC, and if I can take three from each and swap them, who would I pick and why? Okay, this is, uh, yeah, I love these questions. So the three wrestlers I would have go from WWE to UFC would be Roman Reigns, Chad Gable, and the third one I think I would pick would probably be, oh, I think I'd pick Drew McIntyre. I think I'd pick Drew. I'll explain why in a minute. I'll pick my three UFC fighters now to go to WWE. The three UFC fighters I would pick would be Israel Adesanya, Conor McGregor, and probably, I'm not picking Colby Covington because I don't really like Colby Covington. I'll probably go with... Uh, well, of course, Paddy Pimblett. So let's explain the three wrestlers first. So I think I'll go with Roman Reigns because I just think Roman, despite not having, like, an amateur background or, you know, a shoot background in terms of, like, you know, martial arts, I just think Roman's a badass. And I think he would kick ass in the UFC. I think he'd be one of those guys that's just a naturally... I think he's just a naturally gifted athlete, and I think he would take quickly to most 
sports, and I, I think he'd take very quickly to fighting. So I, I would pick Roman Reigns as one of them. Chad Gable, because he's got a great amateur background and a fantastic, you know, Olympian amateur wrestler. So I think he would have no problem transitioning from um, from wrestling into, into MMA. And Drew McIntyre, just purely for his size, I just reckon, like, he would hit like a fucking motherfucker. I think he would... I think Drew would, would, would kick ass. I feel like I'm forgetting someone pretty obvious, but I, I think those are the three I would I would, I would pick from, from WWE. Obviously, I'm not going to go up Brock or Riddle or Shayna Baszler because they've already been in the UFC. Like, they've already done it, so I don't really think it's fair. Um, so that's why we go with those guys. And the reason I picked Adesanya, Connor, and Paddy Pimblett, it's all kind of for the same reason. They all have great personalities. They can all cut promos. And they're obviously all... All three of them are great athletes. Like, all six people I've picked are great athletes. So, again, I think they'd be able to transition quite smoothly if they dedicate themselves to it. And that goes for both ways. So, that's kind of my answer for that. I, I do love crossovers between wrestling and MMA. I, I just find it fascinating. And, obviously, I'm such a huge fan of both of them. Uh, obviously, if you go back into the days, you know, I think I've answered this question before about, like, if you could swap people from the past. I think, you know, Kurt Angle would have kicked ass in UFC. I think Daniel Cormier would do amazing in WWE. And you never know. You might see him pop up there one, uh, sometime. Um, I think that Randy Couture would have been a great uh, pro wrestler. I think that... Um, I think The Undertaker would have been a great fighter. I really think he would have. I think you know the, the height would have been a, a big advantage for him as well. So there's a lot of people who it would have been cool to see cross over. But in terms of like modern stars, those are the ones I'd go for. Up next, I have a question from Sarah who says, What's the most embarrassing moment you've had in front of a family member? That's a good question. There's one story that pops to, into mind. But I don't think this was embarrassing for me i think this was this was embarrassing for the person the other person involved in this this is one of my favorite stories i've told i i don't think i've ever told this story on the podcast but i've told like a lot of my close friends this story and it just it never fails to amuse people so i was about seven years old and me and my cousin adam we were very competitive when it came to the game hide and seek we were quite competitive because we obviously live out in the countryside and there's there's a few unique hiding places here. So it was always like, you know, it's not like we were, we were in an estate, you know, we, we were in the countryside where it was quite, you know, it would get quite eerie. So like we'd always try and find like unique places to hide. And as I said, it got very competitive. It, it, it was a, a very intense uh, matchup anytime we played hide and seek. And I one time decided to hide in the bath in the toilet. And I never told anyone in the house that I was going to be hiding in here. So I'm there in the bath, minding my own business, playing hide and seek, lying down, thinking this is a great hiding spot. Adam is never going to think of, you know, finding me here, even though it was definitely one of the more obvious places that I picked. There was definitely more unique options there. But I was there, lying down, minding my own, my, uh, my own business, playing this game, when all of a sudden, the door opens. And I'm like, oh no, oh no, oh no. Someone's coming into the bathroom. This was my granddad, the original Joseph Turl, Joe Turl Sr. Granddad had no idea I was in the bath and went to do his business. 
And as you can imagine, when he noticed I was in the bath, because I was trying to hide even more now, this was a very, very unpleasant moment for the two of us. Grandad finished up and uh, went back up to the sitting room, where apparently he looked like he had just seen a ghost right in front of his eyes. I thankfully didn't see anything that I didn't want to see. So that was a good thing for that. But Grandad was definitely very, very embarrassed. So that's probably the most embarrassing moment. But I don't think it was embarrassing for me. It was just awkward. It was very embarrassing for Grandad. But it was something we laughed about for many years. And I miss Grandad every day. Of course I do. And uh, yeah, that was that was a really funny story. And it's always one of the stories that I think of when, you know, when I think of Grandad. It was, it was a really funny, really funny time. And uh, yeah, glad to be able to have spoke about that. Even though a lot of people are probably going, Jesus Christ, that sounds awful. But it was, a, it was a very funny story. A really, really funny story. Up next, I have a question from Victor. And Victor says, You brag an awful lot about John Cena following you on Twitter. Do I? Do I really? Definitely in person with my friends. I don't think I brag about it that much on here. But what was the question? Sorry. The question is, have you ever DM'd him to come on the podcast? No, I haven't. But I would be lying if I said I have never DM'd John Cena. I have a couple of times and haven't got a response. But as you can imagine, John Cena's DMs are probably flooded with messages. But I will never forget the moment John Cena followed me on Twitter. On Twitter? On Twitter. Twitter is probably a very different website. But I will never forget the moment he followed me on Twitter. I don't know if I've ever told the story on here. But I was on the train um, going up to Cork. I think I was actually going up for... What was I going up for again? I wasn't going to work. I was doing something else. I was going up there for something anyway. And I was just scrolling through my phone on Twitter. And I retweeted uh, a tweet from John Cena. And I was like, yeah, cool. Like, John Cena tweeted. I'll retweet it. That's cool. Uh, Let's just keep scrolling. And like, literally, like, 20 seconds later, I got a notification. At John Cena followed you. And in my head, I'm thinking... Nah, that's that that's like a John Cena fan account now. Cause you know sometimes on Twitter when like you retweet something from a specific topic, like fan pages from that topic will see who retweeted it and they'll start following those pages. And I was like, oh let's click on the account. And then I clicked it, and it was John Cena's official Twitter account. And like John Cena is someone who I have idolized from the age of like fucking seven or eight. Like he is someone who I've looked up to for so long. Yes, when I was a teenager, I was that edgy kid who booed John Cena and thought like, oh, you know, he he can't wrestle. It's I like guys like CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. I like the technicians. Guys like Cena, they're just sports entertainers. But deep down, Cena has always been one of my favorites. And especially as, as a child. And it's like, even now as an adult, I have almost more of an appreciation for what he's done for the business and, and how great he is. And it's hard to believe now that this is his 20... 20- Excuse me, his 20th year in WWE. It's crazy. And even as a part-timer, he's still one of the most popular people around. Um, You know, even for the young kids as well, which is great. But uh, I got so excited. But I'm on the train on my own and, like, I'm freaking out inside. Like, I can't believe John Cena has just followed me on Twitter. And the first thing I did was I rang my mother to tell her, John Cena just fucking followed me. Oh, my God. And I'm, like, texting all my friends. I couldn't believe it. It was so fucking cool. And he still follows me to this day, which is great. Uh, so yeah, that that was really special. But no, I haven't messaged John Cena to come on the podcast. But hey, John, you are more than welcome. You are more than welcome 
to come on this show. 100%. Malcolm asks a question and says, How have you found this lovely weather in Ireland lately? If I'm being honest, Malcolm, it's been a fucking struggle. The sweat has been out through me. I like when it's sunny. I don't like when it's so warm that I can barely fucking move. And that's how warm it's been lately. It's funny, like, right now as I'm recording this, I can actually hear thunder outside. Which, uh, is pretty fucking cool. I think thunder is class. And I'm ready for a little bit of shit weather now, if I'm being honest. Uh, I think the heat, the dead heat especially, has just been too much. I am Irish. I like my seasons. And... I've had enough of the heat now. I, I could do with a few shitty rainy days. I, I just love overcast weather. I like overcast where there's a bit of a breeze there. It's not too cold. It's not too warm. That's what I like. I, I like this weather is just, it's just been a struggle. Like this is coming out on Friday. I'm currently recording this on Monday. So I'm not sure. Oh, sorry, on Sunday. So I'm not sure like how fucking like, you know, hot or cold it's going to be. But uh, I'm ready for a little bit of shit weather now, if I'm being honest. I really, really am. Having said that, I don't like when it rains too much. I don't like when the rain is so heavy that, like, you can't go outside because, you know, you'll essentially have to swim to your destination. But, oh, man, I've just... I'm not built for this heat. I'm really not. I don't think I could ever live in a very hot country, like Spain or Portugal. Even though I've been to Portugal, and Portugal, to be fair, wasn't actually that hot. It was a nice breeze. Portugal actually had lovely weather. But, you know... I couldn't live somewhere that's, like, traditionally hot. Even, like, states like Florida or California, I just think I would die. I would absolutely die. It would be it would be too much for me. It would be absolutely too much. But I think it is good to have this weather every once in a while. I think that uh, it's nice to, you know, go out and enjoy a few drinks in the sun. Like, this past Friday, me and my cousin Alex uh, went for a few drinks out in our local pub, which was great. The weather was lovely. We were there eating food. We had our cider. It was uh, it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. So stuff like that actually makes me go, yeah, like this is class. But when I'm working during the week and the sun is splitting outside and I'm there like, oh my God, like I, this is just too much. Because like the sun is there, but I have fuck all to do in it. Like obviously this past week, I just took a break from streaming. Um, well, the week, you know, before this comes out, I just took a break from streaming. And it was because it was too hot. It just recording stuff was, it was just, it was making the room way too warm. And, like, it's always going to be warm when you record, but this was just... This was unnatural, the heat. And it was too much, and I, cu- I couldn't handle it. I just couldn't handle it. So that's uh, that's how I feel about how warm it is. But anyways, I hope everyone else has enjoyed the sun. And listen, I-, I don't want the weather to be, like, all shit now, but I wouldn't mind a week of, you know, a little bit of rain, a bit overcast, a little bit less warm. That, that-, that would suit me down to the ground. Aaron, with a very good question up next... Do you ever get noticed... Uh, oh, God, the question's gone. The question's gone. I'm not editing this. I want to limit the editing. There we go. Do you ever get noticed walking around Cork City over your TikToks? Uh, that's a very specific question to say Cork City, but this guy, Aaron, is this... Yeah, this is... Yeah, okay. Aaron, the guy who's asked this question, does live in Cork City. I can confirm. Big Cork City fan. But uh, I assume you've seen me around Cork City. Uh, It's funny you say it, though. Yeah, once or twice I have got recognised, which has been really, really cool. Like, one of the best things about the last Phoenix show I was on was that people in the crowd recognised me as Dylan the referee. That was really, really cool. But yeah, I've been recognised once or twice. I got recognised in Middleton once, which wasn't that weird because I live quite close to Middleton. So that was pretty cool. But in Cork City, yeah, I have been... I've been noticed once or twice, and it's humbling, and 
Thankfully, all the experiences so far have been positive, like nobody's been a dickhead. Uh, let me just take a quick sip of my drink. Oh, even with the Thunder Lads, it's fucking roasting. It's absolutely roasting. But, yeah, I've, I've been noticed a couple of times, and it, it's always really, really cool. And uh, it's it's weird, it's, it's humbling. But, uh, yeah, of course, if you ever see me, don't be afraid to come up and say hi. Uh, I promise I don't bite. Not since the court case, anyway. But, uh, yeah, no, in all seriousness, though, it, it is really humbling. Um... Never been asked for a picture. That's the one thing I haven't been asked for. That would be pretty cool one day if that could happen. But I've definitely been noticed. I've had a couple of conversations with people. And that's always been pretty, pretty cool. I think someone once said I was their favorite niche celebrity. So the fact that somebody put me in that category was pretty damn cool. But it's weird though, like with TikTok. Because I did develop quite a following over there. That following doesn't translate to a lot of other like things that I do. Which is quite, it's quite weird. Like, TikTok is a very specific form of media. In terms of the people who follow you on TikTok tend to just follow you there. A few of them might... Do you hear that? That's heavy rain. Yes! The hot weather is leaving us! Oh my god, it's lashing! This is quite exciting, lads. This is quite exciting. It means that the weather might be cooling down a bit. I don't want it to rain all the time. I would just like it to cool down ever so slightly. Ever so slightly. But anyways, as I was saying, yeah, like, so with this podcast, I've had a few people transition over, but those are mostly people who follow me on Instagram. Um, it's, it's just weird how, like, the followings don't seem to carry on over into, um, you know, other platforms. But, again, look, I suppose there's only so many hours in a day. But I just find that interesting about TikTok. It's a very specific form of media. But, of course, if you ever see me out and about, uh, don't be afraid to come up and say hi. Once you're nice, I'll be nice. And, uh, yeah, look forward to meeting a few of you in the future, potentially. Should be kind of cool. Uh, sorry, this rain is distracting me. I'll be back in a second. Christ, no wonder I could hear the fucking rain so clearly. The window was open. Which is annoying, because I don't, like, when I'm streaming, I don't, like, I, like, where my room is, is, like, right next to my neighbor's. And it's annoying, because I think that's been open since yesterday. And yesterday, I went to, uh, pick up something that had fallen down, uh, the side of my bed. And I really, really hurt the side, like, like, right down by my hip. And I was screaming some ex explicit words, so they definitely heard that. So, yeah, sorry, neighbors. Sorry about that. So I've got a question here from someone who would rather remain anonymous. Uh, thanks for that question, Tom. Uh, oh, shit. I'm joking, his name wasn't Tom. But uh, I do appreciate this question, and it is... Uh, listen back to a few of your BPD episodes on Joe Turtle Rising. Sorry if they were depressing. Uh, would you ever think of doing something like that on here? Really enjoyed your episode talking about body confidence. Thank you very much, my friend. Um, they've obviously said some other things as well that I, I won't uh, read on here. But I do appreciate the lovely message you sent me before you sent in this question. It actually means a lot. But uh, I probably won't dedicate something specifically to BPD, but what I will say is that I definitely will talk about it on here as much as I can. Anything to do to raise awareness for it. The only thing is, when I was doing the Joe Tart Rising BPD episodes, I was in a very, very bad place in my own head at that stage. Um, I was really, really feeling down. There was just a few things going on in my life. I, I think I've spoke about it a lot on here where, like, I wasn't happy with the setting I was in. I wasn't really happy with, like, the people I was associating with. Uh, obviously, this was, like, right in the, in the like, heat of the pandemic. This was in 20, early 2021 where everybody, I think, had just had enough. 
the pandemic wasn't like an, an interesting thing anymore. It was just, it was the harsh reality of life at that stage. So those episodes, I probably didn't do BPD an awful lot of justice, but I'll still advocate for it. I still do to this day. And of course I'll defend people, not just people at BPD, but people with all people with different types of personality disorders. You know what I mean? Um, but I have had a few people reach out to me, you know, saying that like hearing me open up about it made them go and speak to people about some issues they were having. And, and that's nice to hear. And, if you know, if, any, if anything, I'd like to show people that like, you know, I haven't let my personality disorder get in the way of my life as much as I could have. There's definitely been times where it's gotten in the way, uh, but it's not been, you know, it, it doesn't stop me from doing everything I want to do. And, like, obviously there's some hurdles I've had to get over, but... Yeah, like, it, I will, like, dedicate episodes here and there to it, but I don't know if I'll have, like, a series dedicated to it, just because, you know, the topics can be quite intense. But it is something I will talk about, you know, as much as I can. Um, Yeah, I had to delete some of the, the old episodes, the Joe Tarr Rising ones, because they were quite... uh, They were quite depressing. They were quite depressing. They were real. They were very real. It was definitely how I was feeling at that time, but it was definitely me just venting, which is good, but I, you know, a lot of that could have been done for counselling. Like, one thing I I can't recommend enough, and I will leave a link for it in the description of this episode, is BetterHelp. Like, the BetterHelp app and the time I spent on that app you know, doing therapy was incredibly beneficial and it, it made me make a lot of decisions that bettered myself therefore better help uh but i i really really can't recommend that app enough uh this isn't like a sponsored thing or anything like i know they do sponsor a lot of podcasts and if they want to sponsor this one they're more than welcome but um it, it is something that i i could i can't recommend enough for someone who wants to have like affordable therapy or counseling right from the comfort of their own home and you can have different types of sessions you can do video sessions like zoom sessions you can have phone sessions you can have um texting sessions like i personally preferred the the video ones because it was face to face and it was just you know i just found it a bit more personal but of course like some people might prefer the phone calls other people might prefer the text um side of things it's you know it's whatever suits yourself and that was just me personally but it definitely did me a lot of good and it definitely did me a lot of uh yeah it just it it really turned my life around in a lot of ways and yeah listen i still have good days and bad days but you know it it definitely made me feel a lot better within myself And, and that's that's all you can really ask for isn't it um so yeah uh, but I, I, as I say, pal, I do appreciate the nice message. If you know who you are, uh, I really, really do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, just uh, keep on fighting through. Don't let, don't let any you know negative thoughts affect uh, what you want to do with your life. Uh, it, it, you will end up regretting it. Trust me. So just keep pushing through. And if you ever feel like you need to take a break and take some time to yourself, definitely do it. But don't let it stop you from going out achieving what you want to achieve. Up next, we have a question from Jack. Jack asks a very exciting question, and it's almost like I told him to ask me this question, but I promise you, hand on heart, I didn't. What is your favourite professional wrestling game of all time? Funny you ask me that, Jack, because I am currently planning a Celtic Codec episode of my top five WWE games of all time, and I'm very, very excited for it. I'm writing it up at the moment. I'm still deciding between one or two games because... 
Top 10s, I feel like, can be a bit too long. Top 5s sometimes aren't, like, long enough. So I will have a couple of honourable mentions, but I am currently shortlisting it down to... Or, sorry, I'm currently listing it down to 5. Um, but it, it, it's it's really exciting. I'm so glad Celtic Codec is back. If you've never ho- heard Celtic Codec before and you're into video games, I would definitely recommend it. But, of course, I have to say that because I'm one of the co-hosts. But it's me, Porig and Alex, three lifelong best friends who love video games, love talking about video games. And we have conversations over there that we just have in our normal lives, except this time we have microphones in front of us. And it's great. But... Uh, we do individual episodes as well, and my first one I have planned is my top five WWE games of all time. It's really, really exciting. There are three games that are like nailed on, and the other two games I'm going to have in the list. The, the, I'm torn between a few of them, but uh, I will get there. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, yeah, you will find out more about that question on the next episode of Celtic Codec with yours truly. So up next is not actually a question from Instagram. It is a question from Facebook Messenger from a very familiar name that you, sure, at this stage you've all heard of if you listen to this show. It is my Celtic Codec co-host, or one of them at least, Porig, who doesn't really use Instagram anymore and has specifically requested me to send him a message anytime I was preparing a Q&A so that he could ask some questions. So that's what we're going to be doing Right now, Porik has sent me three questions. One, I did tell him I will be saving for Celtic Codec. That was the thing I mentioned earlier about doing a list of WWE games. Um, That was one of the questions that he has asked me, so I will save that for Celtic Codec. But he's asked me two other good questions here. The first one being, where do you hope to see yourself in five years? And the second one is actually a very interesting one that I'm looking forward to talking about. Is, do you think there should be a four-day work week for as many sectors as possible? So... Which one will I answer first? I'll answer, I'll answer that one first. Do you think there should be, or do I think there should be a four-day work week for as many sectors as possible? Yes, I definitely think there should be because I, for example, work five days every week. I'm actually doing six days next week, but that's because I'm saving for a holiday in two weeks. Um, I'll actually have to speak more about that soon. Can't believe I haven't spoke about it more, but I will speak more about that maybe. I might do another bonus episode next week and we can talk about it there. But... Um, I, I do think a four-day working day, excuse me, working week, would be ideal, yes, for as many sectors as possible. Okay, it might mean it makes your shift a bit longer when you are working. Funnily enough, where I'm working right now, the reason I brought it up was because um, there was actually a discussion recently about potentially bringing in a four-day week where we work 10-hour days for four days and get three days off, which, to be honest with you, I'd be all for I would actually really, really, I, I'd i be really, really up for that because the, even like, you know, having Monday to Friday off or even, you know, Saturday to Monday. Did I just say Monday to Friday off? I meant Friday to Monday off. So having Friday, Saturday and Sunday off or Saturday, Sunday, Monday would be ideal. That would just be absolutely brilliant. And just gives people a chance to just live their lives. You know, it's, it's an old saying, but it really is true. Don't live to work, work to live. You know, I've been in jobs, I spoke about door-to-door sales before, where you live the job, that was it. And obviously I've spoke about how it was a bit of a cult mentality in there. So 
I, I've I've had that experience where I've had like virtually zero time to do anything else except for work. I think doing it for a short period of time did make me realize I didn't ever want to do that, which is a good thing that I got that experience and I was able to, you know, realize, yeah, this shit ain't for me. But at the same time, I just like, I know there's a lot of people out there who just like do their nine to five or whatever they might be working. If you're working in a shop, you're probably doing even worse hours and that's it. And it's probably because they don't feel like they have enough time. You know, they're probably working minimum wage jobs, which makes life a bit harder, especially in today's economy, which, you know, sounds like a very boring conversation, but bloody hell, especially here in Ireland. You know, I'm very lucky that I have listeners who don't live in Ireland because that shows that this podcast is growing, which is great. But I just cannot stress enough, like, how expensive Ireland is at the moment. Obviously, fuel prices have gone up everywhere, but, like, I mean, the price of a taxi where I live, right? Before, if I wanted to get from Cloyne to Middleton, which is like a 10, 15 minute drive, it was 12 euro. And to be fair to a lot of taxi drivers, some of them would leave you off and, you know, they'd let you just pay a tenner. Nowadays, if I want to get a taxi from Cloyne to Middleton, I am paying anywhere from 16 to 18 euro. It actually happened recently. I, funnily enough, it was the day of the rehearsal for... Um, the first rehearsal in, uh, what's it called? In the graffiti theatre for Hot Water Music back in April. I had to get a taxi from Cloyne into Middleton that day. And I knew the prices had gone up. And I think at this stage, taxis had been 15 euro. And when I was getting out of the taxi at the train station, the driver says to me, that'll be 18 euro, so there, please. And I looked at him and went, 18? He was like, yeah. I was kind of like, how, how is it 18? And he was saying, oh, because where you live in Cloyne, there's a, there's a little charge onto that, which makes no fucking sense. And, oh, the, the standard price would be 16, so that's why it's 18. And I just said to him, like, and could you not have told me that at the very beginning? Like, I was fully expecting this to be 15. Because I, I, in cash, that's all I had on me was 15 euro. There's a moth that keeps fucking flying near me. It's really annoying. But um, all I had on me was 15, so he had to, to take the 15. And I was like, look, cause, yeah, because he said, oh, in future... Um, have you know have the full price there, and I was like, well, in future, tell me what the full price is. You know, if, if it's going to be as steep as eighteen euro for such a short journey, you know, you should be telling me that. But uh, I've gone on a complete tangent here. I don't know what the point uh, I was making was. But, oh yeah, but like, yeah, like you know, four day working weeks would uh, definitely, I think, improve the morale of a lot of people. Now, I know there's some people, like even in the office where I work now. I know there were some people who weren't in favour of that. There were some people who said that they would rather just do the five days. They'd just like to have it Monday to Friday, which I think is also a fair argument. But the thought of working Monday to Thursday or Tuesday to Friday and just having that extra day for the weekend, just an extra day to recharge. Like you're still doing roughly the same amount of hours, but you're working one less day. Like that's great. That's absolutely great. Now, I will say working 10 hour days can be a bit long. It can be. I remember working in a shop, my, f- my very first like proper job. There was a lot of 10-hour days. And again, it was minimum wage. Like, there are long days. But then again, I think the fact that I wasn't making that much money, which, I mean, it was my first job, so it was more money than I'd ever really seen in my life at that stage, which isn't saying much, but, you know, I digress. 10-hour um, working days can be long. But I do think it should be an option for people if they want it. So that's my answer to that question, which I think was good. Got to speak a bit more about normal mundane things there, 
which I don't get to do an awful lot on here. But the other question, where do you hope to see yourself in five years? Definitely still in the wrestling world. Um, obviously, you know, I spoke about my Phoenix wrestling memories last week. Lads, I have no intention of stopping refereeing. I have no intention of, you know, not being in the wrestling world anymore. I still want to be there. Obviously, now it's just a case of trying to work some things out. Uh, I am hoping to be back down at the training facility soon, which, you know, is still up and running. I hope I'm allowed to say that. But, you know, we're, we're still working hard. I don't think it, I get in trouble for saying that. People are still working hard and you're to stay in shape, to stay, you know, in ring condition. And, you know, it's great to see the Phoenix guys working in Titanic or Fight Factory or, you know, wherever it may be. It's it's really great to see that. Um, so I think that that's very positive. But I am hoping to get up and running again there soon. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at with the wrestling world in five years. In terms of podcasts, uh, yeah, I, I'd like to still be doing this. Hopefully, you know, it can keep growing. The numbers have grown a lot lately, so I really do appreciate that. What's really cool as well is, like, some of the older episodes are getting a lot of downloads, uh, I've noticed recently. The, the first episode I ever did on this rendition of Straight Outta Cloyne, because obviously I did used to do Straight Outta Cloyne on another... So this is Straight Outta Cloyne 2.0, and the other one was the original one, but I lost the subscription for that. I didn't realise if I cancelled the subscription for a few months, I'd never be able to get it back. There is actually a way I could get it back, and originally that was the plan, but this thing kind of just, this you know, version of Straight Outta Cloyne just became a thing of its own, so I didn't bother. But, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, I feel like I have a point that I was going to make with this. Oh yeah, but, you know, it, it's great to see people are going back, you know, to the old episodes and the, yeah the first episode i did on this version of straight out of client thank you csn that's always getting downloads which is quite cool maybe it's you know a lot of past csn students maybe some future csn students like that's something that me and the actors of last year find mental is that like even though there's been so many you know acting students before us it's weird for us to think now like there's a whole group of new actors waiting to start in CSN like I just honestly like I just think of this time last year oh man it was so exciting it was I was so nervous I can like I can actually properly put myself into how I was feeling last this time last year I was so excited but I was so nervous and I think I always said I was never afraid of failure like people say their biggest fear is failure I was never like that I was never afraid of failing but this was like the one time where I actually was. I was afraid. My main fear going into C back to C uh, going back to CSN to do the acting course was, what if it doesn't work out? And that was a real genuine fear. And I just I I can't believe that was all twelve months ago. Like it's just mental. It's absolutely mental. Like I met up with one of the actors a few weeks ago, uh, in Cork City. We just grabbed a bite to eat and we went for a drink and stuff. And we went uh, up past St. Peter's where we did Dividing the Nation. And, like, that was less than 12 months ago. Like, that was only last Christmas. But the nostalgia I felt from it, it was just just remembering what a great time that was and how much fun we were having and how we all grew, not just as performers, but as people. Like, it was a real, just, it was one hell of an experience. Not just Dividing the Nation, the whole, the whole course. Like, it's probably the greatest thing I've ever done. Honest, like, hand on heart. It was such a great experience. I met some great people. I got to work with a lot of really talented people. Uh, obviously, the great John Whitty, getting to learn from him. You know, 
excuse me, having heard so many great stories about him as an acting coach, even, you know, when he was my journalism director, and then, you know, finally being able to work with him in something he's passionate about. Not to say he's not passionate about, you know, journalism, but, like, his real passion is acting, let's be honest. (coughs) Anyone who knows John will tell you that. But that experience is just something I'm always going to be grateful for. And I don't think we could have had a better group of people to you know experience that with i felt like there was a time on here where i did nothing but talk about the acting course but like it was just such a great time in my life it really was lads i just i'm so grateful for it i am really sad that it's over obviously in october we'll have um our graduation which i'm i'm really looking forward to it i'm I'm, it's a day i'm really excited for but it's also a day i'm kind of going to be i don't want to say dreading but it's going to be a sad day because it's like wow this is the last time we're all going to be here together, like, as the acting students. And, you know, not, well, not even as the acting students anymore, because the new course will have already started. Like, that's just mental to me. And, wow, like, it's just, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But, uh, speaking of acting and where I want to be in five years, hopefully I've grown in that as well. Um, like, I've, I've got lots of things I want to do. You know, in five years, I'll be 29, which is pretty crazy. That's mental for me to think that I'll be one year away from being 30. But it's, yeah, like, it's almost a kick up the ass that I need as well to remember, like, look, you're still kind of young, but you're also kind of getting to the wrong side of, you know, of 20. You're you're ne- you're nearing to that big 3-0, uh, even though, listen, it's a while away yet. But, you know, it just puts things into perspective. And, um, yeah, there's lots of things I want to do. You know, I don't want to be the jack of all trades, but the master of none. I I don't really want to be that. (laughs) So, like, you know, maybe it's a case of focusing mostly on one thing, but still having other things going in the background, you know? And and I suppose the main thing, you know, in five years, and it sounds cliche, but I want to be happy with what I'm doing. I want to enjoy what I'm doing. Like, if I ever feel like, oh, I don't enjoy podcasting, I don't enjoy streaming, I, I, you know... I feel like, oh, you know, the wrestling is, I'm finding it stressful because I feel like I can't be a fan anymore. Then I'll have no problem walking away. I think I've proven that a few times that I have no problem walking away from something if I feel like it's not making me very happy. And sometimes that decision hasn't been easy. A lot of the time it hasn't been easy, but it's a decision... There's a lot of occasions where I've had to make those decisions. I've done it with friend groups. I did it with with professional wrestling last year when I felt like, you know, I I wasn't in a place where I could really dedicate myself to it properly. And the, the main reason I'm happy that happened is because it really allowed me to reset mentally on, you know not just being involved with the business, but just being a fan of the business. Because I really felt like I was in a very strange place with it and you know about I think trying to find my place within the wrestling world and and, you know stuff I want to do because like if I'm being honest lads of course I still want to give the refereeing a a huge go but I've, I've, I've always gone on record to say it I want to do more I'd love to do commentary I'd love to be a heel manager of course I'd love to wrestle a match but I I think you know there's so many other things within wrestling I want to do as well not just the physical side of things and refereeing is great and I love it but I do want to be a character in the wrestling world. Like, there's, it's just there's so much I want to do. Like, I've been open lately about, like, I was talking to Alex about this the other day, 
I'd love, I'd love to have an MMA fight. I might get my fucking ass kicked. I might get the absolute shit beaten out of me. I'm confident that I could win a fight. I'm very confident that I could. But I obviously know that there is a chance I get my head kicked in. But it's just an itch that I really want to scratch. And hopefully in the next five years, that might be something I'll be able to do. Fun fact for you all. I'm not sure if I've ever spoke about this on here. But my Uncle Lee, former Cork hurler, has actually had two MMA fights. I think it was back in like 2011-2012. He won his first fight and lost the second fight. So Lee, you're a loser. I'm joking, of course. Uh, That's pretty badass that he got to do that. And I'd love to be able to do it. You know, combat sports, everyone knows how passionate I am about them. Both work and shoot. (laughs) I'm just so passionate about them. And like being involved in the pro wrestling world has been absolutely unbelievable as a lifelong pro wrestling fan. And yeah, to to get involved in, in the mixed martial arts world as well would be pretty cool. Like, there's there's so many areas that I want to tap into, and hopefully in the next five years, I can keep progressing in the ones that I'm already in, and I can go into the other ones that I would also like to go into. So that will do it for this episode. I did have one last question here from Conrad, which is, how big is Batista's dick? But as always, I will end this with a wrestling promo. I've got a fair idea. You see, a lot of the time, I may as well reveal this now. A lot of the time whilst I'm recording, I'm not like entirely sure of the promo I'm going to pick. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm like 100% sure. So I'll be able to reference uh, what promo I'm going to pick for the end of the episode. But this time, I'm kind of torn between two. But I'm slightly starting to lean towards... Uh, the second one I actually thought of, because now that I'm talking out loud about it, it's like, hmm, yeah, I think this one would be a good one to end on, so I'm pretty sure it's the one I'm going to be thinking of, but regardless, they're both great promos, so enjoy whichever one I decided to pick. There definitely is an episode of Celtic Codec coming next week. I'll try and see if I can get another episode of Straight Outta Klein, apart from just the regular Friday episode, but leave that with me. Just a busy boy at the moment, preparing for, uh, I may as well say it, preparing for uh, my trip to Wales, which is two weeks from this past Wednesday at the time this goes out. I will be in attendance for WWE Clash at the Castle at the Principality Stadium, WWE's first major pay-per-view in the UK for 30 years since SummerSlam 92. It's a long-ass time. Triple H's first pay-per-view in charge after, you know, a lead-up to the pay-per-view, because he took over, like, right before SummerSlam, so this is the first one he's actually been able to build to properly himself as the head of creative. I'm super excited about it, and speaking of wrestling, enjoy this badass wrestling promo. Talk to you all next week. The Rocks have finally a crap <laughs> no 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 the rock doesn't mean who gives a crap about indianapolis the rock men who gives a crap about the rock what he has to say
Now. The Hogan chance at Phil Conseco Fieldhouse. Hulk Hogan is expected here tonight. Now, The Rock couldn't help but notice, you know, The Rock, The Rock, you know, who gives a crap what The Rock is going to come out here and say? Because The Rock was going to come out here and do his old routine, but for some reason, The Rock feels that you people, you don't want to hear that crap tonight. The Rock has got this feeling that right down deep in here, that all oh, you've got the feeling that you're really not feeling what The Rock is saying. And I can tell you that, you know, and to everybody's surprise, seems like uh, it's probably The Rock's imagination, but he's actually heard some, uh, some people boo. Okay, the rock hears it, the rock hears, the rock hears Rocky, the rock hears Rocky sucks, the rock heard ass over here, the rock hears Hogan, the rock hears all that. Hey, 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 but, uh, hey. But keep this in mind, you can cheer the rock, you can boo the rock, that's fine, because the rock will forever be the single most electrifying and entertaining thing you have ever seen. Rock doesn't understand why you want to boo the rock. Why do you want to boo the rock? Why? Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. You know, the rock doesn't understand why you boo the rock. You gotta understand something. The Rock is committed. The Rock is here because of all of you. The Rock came here tonight for all of you. The Rock is focused. He is committed. He's committed to the people. The Rock is committed to this company. The Rock is... Excuse me, Rock. Oh, hold on. One sec. Rock's cell phone going off. Oh, stop. He's got a call. I mean, you gotta take the call sometimes when it comes in. He's a busy man. What kind of commitment is this? Yeah. Hold on. Excuse the rock. He's talking to his personal assistant. The rock's not going to take long. Hold on. I got to take care of some business real quick. Just do the rock fake. Keep it down a little bit. Yeah. Oh, well, hell yeah. Yeah, the rock is going to fly out tonight. What do you think? The rock is going to spend one more night surrounded by all these hicks? Yeah. No, no, wait. Hold on. I didn't know. Rock's not talking about you people. I'm talking about all the hickory trees that are outside. Man, this place in Indianapolis full of hickory trees. They're everywhere, man. And they stink. You remember, we were just talking about this. Now keep it down. Hey, baby, the rock's got to go. Rock's got to go. Hang up the phone.
And uh, Hogan, Rocky, Rocky sucks. Yeah, The Rock gets it. Hey, listen to this. The Rock, the Rock just wants it. You got to ask yourself one question. The Rock is dead serious about this. One question. Do you really want to boo The Rock? Do you understand the line we're going to cross? Do you understand where we're all going to go if you boo the rock? Do you understand? Do you people understand the ramifications of booing the great one? Gonna give you one more chance. No, 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 let's not chant anything right now. You people are gonna make the decision. You're gonna make it here, right now, here tonight. Do you people, one last time, do you wanna boo the rock? And the rock don't like it. He's taking it back a bit. That's fine. You've made your decision. You've made your decision. That's fine. That's fine. But why, why do you boo The Rock? Why? Why? Because, because The Rock, uh, he went ahead and he sold out. Was that it? Yeah, yeah. The other Rock, yeah, he just worked his ass off, wanted to be successful. Yeah, he sold out. Why is it because The Rock has got too big a head? Since you've made your decision, no problem. Understand this, you have no idea. And the rock means no I. What is about to happen? Because come no way out, you're gonna get the different rock. You're the rock you want. Oh, oh yeah, fine, no problem. You're gonna get it all. You're gonna get the jabroni beaten. Pie eaten. Trail blazing, eyebrow raising. Crystal clear, have no fear. Make more money in one night than y'all make in a year. Climb a tree, scratch an itch. Make Hulk Hogan the rocks, little People's champ, The Rock. Hogan will be here tonight. Okay, I, yeah, this can't, it can't be Hogan Rocky. It comes out Rogan. That can't happen. They understand this. Now, speaking of Hogan, yeah, The Rock could stand out here, Hulk Hogan, and run his mouth all night about how he's just gonna, just gonna whip that ass this Sunday at No Way Out. The Rock could do that. But the, but, uh, hey, that's enough. But The Rock's not. He's not gonna do that. You know why? Because The Rock is a man. He's a man and a half. Hulk Hogan's not here right now. Late as usual, no problem. But keep this in mind, Hogan, when you get here tonight, The Rock is gonna confront you face to face, eye to eye, like a man. And he's going to tell you exactly what he's going to do to you at No Way Out. If you smell what the rock.
Whoa, 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 whoa. You people made up your mind, you made your decision. Sing along with The Rock is over. Oh, it's over. Uh, no, I know it. I'm sorry, baby, but it's over. Forget it. Uh, out the window. Out the window. What do you, uh, let The Rock go. Oh, uh, what? You come out, you boo The Rock for 10 minutes, and all of a sudden, at the end, oh, yeah, if you smell, yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. That didn't happen. No. What are you, a bunch of sheep? That's some self respect for sakes. The Rock, and only The Rock, says this is cooking. <laughs>